Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member of Denver Civic, Texas Hill Country Advisors, not an affiliate of Next. This material is not intended as an offer solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Pies, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of Next. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy, and Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Four Investors Podcast. Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies, independent financial advisors with Texas Hill Country Advisors here, ready to kick off your day. Happy Friday. We have been out since Monday, so it's good to be back. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit today about the latest batch of Fed economic projection data that was released, along with uh, the latest uh, sound bites from Jerome Powell himself from the press conference that he gave after their interest rate decision this past week. Markets are looking like they're heading for a losing week this week, so we're going to mention that too um, and just have a little bit of discussion about what investors should think about or uh, look for going forward here in this seemingly new era of higher interest rate. So uh, markets are heading for a losing week, We, but we're still looking at strong performance for the U.S. stock market year to date, so we might lose a little bit of ground this week, uh, mainly since the Fed announcement in the middle of the week uh, you know, we've had a couple of down days, so we'll see how we close out the week there. But the initial market reaction, the stock market reaction uh, was negative after the Fed announcement to not hike interest rates uh, Wednesday, which has been the pattern. It, I was thank you for saying that I was going to bring that up. And that's we've we've beat, beaten that thing like a dead horse mm. over and over and over again that we have this run up in the stock market leading up to the announcement of the interest rate decision from the Fed. And then for the next 10 days or so, we kind of have a, a, a drop off. And, and we've seen that so far uh, with with this week's meeting from the Fed. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor that and see how that plays out. Uh, but at some point, we would expect that pattern uh, to break only because the Fed is eventually going to stop raising interest rates. The big question, of course, is, you know, is that tomorrow? Is that or their next meeting? Is that next year? There's a little bit of uncertainty there about when that's going to happen. But at some point, they're going to stop. So November. November is the last time they're going to raise rates, I think. Yeah, it's still set on on the fact that they're going to raise. And to that point, uh, the market actually has the leading uh, chance that they're not going to hike in, in November as far as the from the Fed tool, Fed watch tool. In the CME. Yeah. So uh, the majority chance there says that they're going to just leave it the same, that they're done. So that'll change, I think. Between yeah. Now and then. Well, and, and, and then one other mention on that topic is that the, the price cuts are actually not priced in until the middle of next year. So the leading percentage chance doesn't show up in that in that FedWatch tool data until about June or July of next year, showing that uh, the market is expecting interest rates to come down from their peak if we have reached the peak in about uh, mid, late mid-year. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and well, I think what's interesting about that is the fact that that's, that's only, what, eight, nine months away from right now. And we know that the average time between the reaching the peak hike uh, I mean, peak peak interest rate level from the Fed during their hiking cycle and the time that they cut that time span is 18 months on average from the last five rate hike uh, rate hiking cycles. So, you know, to think that this time 
they're only going to raise and then leave them there for six to eight months and then cut um, is way below the average. If you look at the past five rate hike cycles, I don't bite. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So anyway, uh, so now that's that's a good segue into let's talk a little bit about higher yields. So this higher for longer narrative, as far as uh, interest rates go, has has been around for a while. Uh, been it's been the talk of Wall Street now for several months. And it seems like, especially after the press conference this past week from Jerome Powell, you know, higher for longer is real. And I even saw, I think it was a Barron's article uh, yesterday, I believe, that said it's not only higher for longer, it's higher forever. Uh, so, so maybe, for, well, from an investor's perspective, we could have potentially entered this era of where the new, what they call our star uh, is is this neutral rate of interest is kind of bumped up. And so the new norm now might be that interest rates uh, would be sitting at a, a, a neutral level higher than previously anticipated. Hmm. You know, I, 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 so, I so what does that mean? I, I personally think the feds aren't going to lower interest rates until they have to lower interest rates, which means a slowdown caused by a recession. The The feds are, are pretty adamant that they're, going to do what they need to do to maintain balance in the economy. And of course, they have two mandates, right? Uh, full employment and right. low inflation. And they're doing their job as far as inflation goes. But but it's going to be a really tough time to get inflation back to 2% or less. Um, and so I, I think um, barring a recession, the feds are just going to leave interest rates where they're at and not do anything. So I, I do think rates will stay higher for longer. Uh, the only thing that will motivate them to change their path or lower interest rates is recession, which is probably coming at some point down the road. Uh, I, I just don't think the recession will be real bad and last a long time. So if if as an investor, if I believe that, you know, the narrative of this higher for longer might have uh, roots and might be here to stay and might be true. How does that change my perspective uh, as a retail investor or inside my portfolio? Yeah, yeah, good good questions. I, I think what it tells you is that uh, there needs to be a bigger focus on fixed income to lock in gains that you can get right now, higher interest rates, because at some point down the road, we know rates will change and they'll go down most likely. Um, and so right now, it's a good time to get higher interest rates uh, as a good example, you know, CDs are paying 5%. Um, you can get quality corporate bonds that are paying 6%. You can, can even get, use treasuries if you wanted to. Heck, you can even right? do treasuries. They're paying, you know, a two-year treasury is paying 5%. Uh, a 10-year treasury is paying uh, 4.30, 4.50 almost. Um, so it's, it's a really good time to look at those things. Stocks are going to have a little bit of a tougher time to... Uh, beat uh, fixed income. Uh, but but if you go back and look at history and look at all the different rate rise cycles that we've had in the past, you know, fixed income gets beat up pretty good that first year that rates start going up. But then after that, they tend to have a very good outcome the next few years. So uh, now keep in mind that not all fixed income is the same. You know, you, right. you have different pockets of fixed income that can sometimes act like more like equities uh, in a rising rate environment. And you have some that will act more like equities in a lower, uh, a, 
a reducing rate of um, interest rate environment. So you can't really lump them all together. But generally speaking, fixed income is not a bad place to be, especially after interest rates have peaked. And so it's a really good idea to look at those things. Um, there's always opportunities. And as far as the equity market goes, <clears throat> at some point down the road, equities are a really, really good place to be because if interest rates ever do go down, then equities seem to be a much better place to be. Um, and, and of course, in a recession, what you're seeing is a reduction in growth. But every single recession we've had, we've always been able to come out of those troughs, right? Right. And we've gone back to a growth mentality or growth mindset in the economy. And you'll start seeing growth right. stocks it, do really, really well. And we know that the data says that those growth periods outweigh and outsize the downward contraction sure. periods like substantially. Right. Right. Um, but but it can kind of be daunting, overwhelming and even confusing. And a little um, scary, and it, too. Absolutely. It, matter of fact, to that point, I just pulled this up because I thought about it. This was the other day, uh, I think over this past weekend. This was the an actual, uh, you know, it's like a. am looking at the stocks app on Apple. Right. And they, they combine a bunch of uh, different headlines. But these two are literally sitting right next to each other. So let me move the thing here so you can see it. <laughs> Stock market crash. <laughs> Recession will sink S&P 500 by 40 percent, economist says. Directly next to it. This was I didn't I didn't crop this picture at all. I swear this was they were literally sitting right next to each other. Another business insider article, stock market signal signal points to S&P 500 surging 25% within the next year. <laughs> so if that's not confusing or mixed signals, then I don't know what would be. It's, it's kind of like that article we talked about last week, the two articles I found in the Wall Street Journal. One was talking about how um, earnings were better than expected for several companies. But then the next day or the next day after that, yes. there was another article that said, oh, reduction in, um, in earnings, in, in earnings <laughs> is, is going to really hurt the stock market. Well, which one is it? Um, it it's hard to know. And I, I think as we've said many times before, a lot of this stuff that we uh, that you see in the media is just noise. Yeah, it's just noise. If you are a long term investor, it doesn't matter what interest rates are. It doesn't matter what Fed policy is. It doesn't matter what's going on in the White House. A lot of that just doesn't matter. It, it's it's a conviction that the U.S. economy will continue to do well, and that that makes you focus on the long term. Yeah. And speaking of the long term, to round off our, our thoughts here, I think, for the day, uh, the last thing we wanted to mention, just just to the to point out some of the data, the adjustments uh, that the Fed did make. They So they come out with this thing called the SEP, the Statement of Economic Projections. Uh, they do four of them a year, and they meet more often than that. So they don't do one of these at every meeting. The last time they did one of these was in June, and they just did the one this week for September and I believe they do one more in, in December before the year's over. But the point here is to look at some of this data. Uh, they actually, this is uh, obviously not backwards looking data. This is forward projection data that the Fed will come out with. And we want to look at it and see how it's changed from their perspective in June. And what really stands out here is, is a couple of things. Uh, one is that the inflation, their inflation projections are actually roughly still in line with what they think is 
going to be able th that they're going to be able to wrestle inflation all the way down to two percent. That didn't really change. So that's kind of that's kind of good news there. But the the other piece of the equation is that the anticipated level of it, of the interest rate that they control called the Fed funds rate. That's the one they've been hiking over the last year and a half. They said by the in the next 12, 24, even 36 months, because they do uh, two years out from the existing year. Um, for projections that they think that is going to run a little higher than previously expected. And they actually adjusted uh, by about 50 basis points for 2024 and 2025, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. 50 basis points is 0.5 or half a percent, half of 1%. Um, but when we're talking about levels of, of, you know, zero to five, that's a, that's a big, that's a big movement and it can make a, a substantial difference over, over the long term. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, construct my life or my financial life around their SEP, their statement of economic projections. Because it is just that; it, it is a projection. It, it's a tool. It, it's a tool. Right. It's a it's a data point that you can use to say, okay, what what are things going to look like in six months, a year, two years, five right. years down the road? It, it helps you to understand. Okay, maybe maybe I need to broaden my ideas about what things are going to look like in a couple of years right so it's just a tool and, and it's a you know relatively useful one it, it's no no better than any other tool out there i would think but especially when you start talking about projections and yeah. future and but it does it does help uh to their credit that sure. this is you know the feds uh seating voting members um and then right. the fed chair himself Jerome Powell. So, uh, but other than that, you're right because it's still a projection. Yes. So yes. doesn't it's not necessarily a good uh, uh, thing to use to make you know like investment decisions no, necessarily. And not. and that's kind of why we're talking about all this. Back to you know the point about sometimes things can seem confusing, especially when uh, the projections are changing in the future, and you get the headlines like we're talking about. You know, if you are concerned about any of that, or you want to try to make sense of it, or you need some explanation or some help. We'd be happy to to help help you with that. Yes, you need a long term plan that's flexible and can adjust can be adjusted according to changes in your personal situation. Right, not necessarily a plan that will adjust according to what the feds are doing or who's in the White House or you know immigration policy or whatever social issue you want to throw out there. Right, that none of those things are really that important. What we're focused on is. A plan that's flexible for you in for your, your situation. your personal right. situation. Because uh, nine times out of ten, like we always say, most of that stuff is noise. And unless your personal situation changed, then usually there's not a reason to change your long-term plan. But you need to have one. Amen, brother. Preach the Amen. choir. All right. All right. <laughs> With that being said, we will uh, we'll call it quits for today. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, don't forget, interact with us, share our content, helps other people find the show. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube most weekdays. The stock market is open in all places. You find your podcast, including Spotify. Be sure to go over there and give us a follow. We appreciate it. Uh, we have increased our listeners there on some of those platforms. So thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Look forward to uh, continuing. Uh, so you're saying a bunch of geeks found our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> finance geeks. Like that's that. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, take care. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.